They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery, here with my good friends, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepiguina. Best in the world. (laughs) And Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. I'm happy to be here with you guys. We're about to review the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view, the most made-fun-of name in maybe pay-per-view history. Yeah, easily. I can't imagine there's anyone that's close to that. Uh, but before we get into that, just want to mention on the Matt Madness Podcast Network, check out Falls Count Anywhere, check out the Hot Tag, check out A New Perfect Edge, which should be coming soon, uh, and an unsanctioned that will also be coming soon with friend of the show, Ryan Ravel. If you enjoy the show, if you listen to us regularly, please subscribe. Five-star reviews. If you really like us, uh, we would really appreciate it. Uh, that being said, Alo, would you like to review, refresh the listeners' memories on our rating system? Yeah, if it's a horrible show, if it's a job, if it falls somewhere middle, it's a slobber knocker. If it's, if it's a fantastic show, it's a showstopper. All right. So I'll just say, first of all, we had C.K. and Joe with us a moment ago. He texted me and wanted to say that his review, well, his rating for Great Balls of Fire was a slobber knocker. Mine is also a slobber knocker, oh. Alo. Oh, you're you're ready. You're ready. Um, go ahead. I'll go last then. Oh, I was a slobber knocker. I thought it was a good show. I thought the matches were good. I felt like a couple weeks ago I said as much as I've made fun of this thing, it actually looks like it's shaping up to be a really good show, and it was. I'm a little disappointed in that I thought since they really went with it with the music and the graphics, I thought they could have made a really cool set for this show and it was just the raw set unless it's mania they don't do sets wrong yeah well they're supposed to be I'll get into this later this is a topic for later in the show (laughs) I was disappointed in that but I thought the matches were good I enjoyed the show it was fun to watch Uh, lived up to my expectations so I give it a slobber knocker of the highest regard prep so I thought WWE knew that this name was going to cause controversy. People were going to cry and complain about it. So they went on and stacked the card. Mm -hmm. Great matches, great, you know. Joe versus Brock, a dream match of mine. Yeah. That I've been saying since I've walked on to this show. Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, when everything's at least good, it's it's a slobber knocker for me. I can't say if... If Joe and Lesnar would have got a little bit more time, I think it would have crept up to be a slow, a showstopper. Mm-hmm. But I'll just say slobber knocker. <clears throat> well, I wanted to go first because I've been going back and forth about this. Like likewise, I did about Throwback Madness, which will be available Monday. Yeah. In two thousand two. You guys know it was hard. Like I didn't even want this to be a name once back when this got reported, and I was like, okay, they're gonna change, they're gonna change it, but they didn't end up changing it. They decided to go all in. Yeah. And last week I was like, parlaying great balls of fire, this show better deliver. So with that being said, goodness gracious, great balls of fire, because <laughs> I I'm giving this a showstopper. Oh wow, Whoa. okay. Whoa. This is coming from me. Yeah, I was waiting for your review. <clears throat> yeah, because like 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 you guys 
know I'm big on storytelling. Mm-hmm. The matches were fine, by the way. Everything we cared about, we, we cared about. We know most ma- most shows, every match isn't going to deliver. But the reason I'm giving it a show style because is because this show felt like an attitude era show, and maybe I'm overhyping it, but I've said numerous times since the brand split started that a lot of these brand specific pay reviews feel like a S- Sunday Night Raw and a Sunday Night SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Line. It's true. But they made this feel special. They like they really made us like feel like a pay per view, and everything like I know Vince Russo's big on this. It's like, what about the next night on Raw? Why why do we have to watch Raw? What makes this show special? And you have to sell your show the next night, and they did that here. Like everything from the women's match was sold because you had Alexa. Getting the screen herself counted out, and then Charlotte and Sasha got that thing, and Sasha did logic because said, "Look, I'm not done with you." Yeah. So that was so that was logic. The cruise by Tyler, you know, that was out kind of strange with the whole rope segment. But Tazawa made a Tazawa had a title, so now I want a rematch. So that gave you something to look forward to, forward to on Raw. And the Roman Reigns Braun Strowman thing, we're gonna get to that. I got a lot of notes on on that. That was amazing. They had you like. Okay, now, really, what is going to happen on Raw tomorrow night? And you know Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe, they were on the, sh- on the show tomorrow night. So you knew, like, okay, what about them? So most of the things on the card is like, okay, what about the next time, what about the next time on Raw? And I, I was going back and forth because of certain things, like the, like the whole Joe Brock time limit and the, the whole Roman Strowman actual match. I was going back and forth with it, but I was like, look, I was completely entertained and it actually built story out of this entire show, and that's why I'm going to give it a showstopper. Not all of it followed up on Raw the next night, but it did set up Raw very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that completely. Uh, main event of the evening, like Preps had a dream match. I was looking very much forward to this. Alo, I know you were as well. Samoa Joe challenging for the Universal Championship. The vignette they made for this was incredible. It felt like like a boxing pay-per-view or like a UFC pay-per-view build, the way they made it feel. The intensity was great between these two guys. Um, I did think it ended a little abruptly, which that might have been one of the reasons, like you said, Prep, that I didn't go full showstopper. But my God, these are two monsters, and it was really fun to watch them go at it. So, Prep, you gave some thoughts already. Alo, your thoughts just on the Samoa Joe Brock Lesnar match? Well, I was upset initially about the time because when the time this match started, I think it was like ten fifty three or something like that within that time frame. But this match didn't have to be like a match. I said last week this was gonna be a fight, and that's what it was. Like Joe just taking out. Brock, before the match even started, throwing him to the table, I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Because you don't really see Brock believably get manhandled. Yeah. Not by guys named Bill. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, so I thought that was like a great way to start the match. And that like, carried over. Like Joe dominated a lot of this match. I thought the finish was abrupt with the whole F5 thing. I didn't like that because I, I know me and Gladys had contacted us saying, hey, you like the finish out. He doesn't like how Joe went down so quick or whatever, but WWE they went with that whole abrupt finish out of nowhere because right like I knew Lesnar was going to set it up right after that because you can tell the way he was Joe's position. Mm-hmm. 
up with the cocaine clutch, but they actually did Joe justice here because like he did take it to Brock Lesnar, and the match was what it what had to be. It was like what a ten minute fight. That's that's what it's supposed to be with a wrestling match. It's supposed to be booked as a fight. Yeah. Yeah, I think the way the match was laid out. Yes, it ended abruptly. Yes, I didn't like that he went down to one F five. If John Cena can kick out of six, <laughs> come on WWE. Like, I know. I love Cena. I'm the last one to mm-hmm. rag on him. You guys know that. But yeah. If you want to make Joe look like a monster, don't let him kick out to just one. Have him roll out or something, and then just have Brock pounce on him again. You know what I mean? Because Brock's the beast. He can do that. But I thought the match was great. Like Alo said, that table spot. And he didn't even take off the board, so it was more like a shoot. That's what... I wanted it to look like I wanted it to look like a fight, and it did. Joe looked like a million bucks. Even for the entrance, like Joe's entrance, he he felt like such a big deal to me, and I think WWE is doing a great job of booking him. Mm-hmm. So this was laughs. I guess it was kind of a comment and a question. Um, he did not really like the Great Balls of Fire pay per view. Um, question. While he and we tend to complain a lot about people kicking out of finishers all the time, he says, I found it odd that Joe did not kick out of Brock Lesnar's F5. I understand that the F5 and the RKO are considered prestigious and are two of the most powerful in Vince's mind, but I did want Joe to kick out. I did want more of that match. So am I being a hypocrite for wanting Joe to kick out uh, when I don't want everybody to kick out? Um... He says, I'm not sure, and I hate being on the fence, um, but he wants some finishers protected, some of these characters that we love to be protected, but in this situation, I did want Joe to kick out of one F5 and for this match to go on. So basically, he says, including the attack at the beginning of the match, he thinks this was nine minutes long. I don't know. Did you have a problem with the one F5 when we've seen so many guys kick out of finishers before? I mean... Was that a big deal to you? I, It was a big deal at the time. Like, I went to Russ's house. Shout out to Russ from Falls County. <laughs> Thank you for having me over. Great hospitality. Great food. Those shrimp were off the hook. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I was really upset about it. I went home and I'm like, really? Just one F5? But we'll get to Raw and why I'm okay with it. But, yes. Okay. And Halo, you said the same thing, basically. You had a problem with it initially. Yeah, because I, I said I went back and forth with this rating, but I was like, okay, but it was what it was, what it was supposed to be, a fight. Yeah. But we all agree that we actually did enjoy this match. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was, it, no I, doubt in my mind. I did as well. I could have done for another three minutes, or like you said, one kick out and maybe hits another one, and it's like, okay, he got pinned by two, but this was not like a deal breaker for me. It just was kind of like it was over, and I was like, oh. It was almost like a little bit of a letdown at the end. Uh, we had Roman and Braun in the ambulance match. I said on the show last week, I'm actually looking forward to this because I believe that these are two guys that they're so invested in, they let them get away with more than some other guys would. And I think we can honestly agree that they did do that. <laughs> yeah. They did let them go. They did allow them to do something significant. I really enjoyed this match. Um, Braun gets the win. 
as he stepped out of the way of the uh, spear and then locked him in there. But obviously, Roman completely turns the tables. Alo, I'll let you go first on this one because you did say you had a lot of notes on this one. Yeah, I did. Um, the match, it's hard to, it was kind of hard to judge this match because they didn't really get to be actually what it was. Like the moment, the aftermath was what made this match what it was. And I like that this kind of did happen because Roman losing like that, it's like, okay, we, okay I ran to the ambulance. You shut the door. That's how you went. And, like, he should come out the ambulance because he didn't get hurt. He wasn't pushed into the ambulance mm-hmm. or being, being up to, being told, oh, to the ambulance. But with the aftermath, I have to give it to WWE. Other than the wacky camera angles, they really did outdo themselves mm-hmm. because we see all the time that WWE, the ratings are bad, but it doesn't matter so about the revenue. But they could change the show up anytime they choose to, and they actually did that. Like, Kurt Angle sold it perfectly. Like, he was, like, legit terrified and panicked for Braun's well-being. His face when he first walked into the shot was priceless. Yes. <laughs> and the just like just the whole, the production of it, like people complained about sending Slater and Slater and Hawkins out there, mm-hmm. but I love that. That was important. It that was, was an important part of it because it was like here's a match going on, but oh my god, this is happening. Yeah, but too. the thing is, like they just sent them out there, mm-hmm. like and they sold it perfectly. Like um, he Slater even had his tape on his yeah. tape on his wrist. So they, they saw that perfectly to make it look like that you guys can't see this, but mm-hmm. you but you're still showing a double feature, which is stupid. But <laughs> but well, I talked about how you set up Raw the next night, but this like you had so had so many questions. It's like, okay, why didn't Roman do this? Is Braun like is Braun Strowman okay? What's Roman gonna send him on in a raw? And what how are the people gonna how is Braun gonna be portrayed? Because he got slammed into he got slammed in, in the ambulance and he walked off on his own power and that's like a babyface thing to do. Yeah. So it's like, how are both these guys going to be portrayed? He's been booked as the role? hero. Yes. For the most part. Yeah, for so a while now. Yeah. So it's like, is this, a, is this a double turn or what? Or what? Those those were like big answers going into Raw the next night. That they all didn't get they didn't get really answered, but just those lingering questions like, okay, I have to watch Raw for this. And the fact that they did something, we've seen this before. Braun, he threw, he threw Roman off the, yeah. off the ledge or whatever. But this was actually something different. And the fact that Roman actually reacted in a way and then just like take the loss like it was nothing. I did like that because he just lost abruptly. Mm-hmm. Like he got beaten to a pulp and thrown to the ambulance. Yeah, the ingredients were there for a double turn. Prep, do you see any chance of a double turn? Or is it just like we do these things with these guys and that's it? Yeah, I think when it comes to the babyface and heel dynamic with those two characters, it's kind of blurry because they obviously want Roman to be a babyface, but they know, like, look, the crowd just doesn't dig him. Like, the crowd is so split. So let's just have him do these things and, you know, he'll he'll do things that other characters can't do and they'll pop for that. Mm-hmm. So... Can I just say, I love this match. Yeah, you like, can say that. <laughs> so, I loved it. I thought Braun looked really strong, even coming out of the ambulance. Roman still looks good. Roman, he continues to deliver in the ring, no matter if we like him or not. Mm-hmm. The one thing, there's a couple things I laughed about. Like Alo said, the double feature, that was really dumb. Braun going for a pin attempt, 
remembering that you can't pin your yeah. opponent, getting up and screaming, Braun. Yeah. <laughs> I was cracking up at Russ's house. By the way, those guys watch wrestling like they're in Japan. They're, they're, they're clapping with two fingers. They're like, in character all the time. <laughs> exactly. Come on, guys. Pop a little. <laughs> it's a lot different than watching with, the, with Batman. <laughs> yeah. But I thought... I thought they did really good. Can we just say Braun might be like leading candidate for most improved wrestler like by leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. This dude didn't even go through NXT. Just comes up cold character. Doesn't work out with the Wyatt family. He's the success story of the draft. Dude is great. He's yeah. going to be he's going to be a problem. He's already had three or four really good matches with Roman. He pulled Big Show twice to good mm-hmm. matches. Yeah, I loved both of those matches. Yeah. Come on, let's let's give the guy some credit. Yeah, he deserves it. I love this match as well. And one of the big takeaways I mean you guys kinda hit on a lot from this. There's not too much left that I feel like I need to say about it, but one of the things I liked, Vince, one of his like more famous quotes is the whole we make movies quote. And for a long time, I have felt like, dude, you don't do that. I hope you don't think you still do that because you don't. They had the whole, a big part of the whole Great Balls of Fire theme was like the drive-in movie. I feel like with this, they made movies that night. Because it was very, it was shot in a very cinematic way. There was a lot of drama to it. Kurt Angle played his role perfectly, how worried he was, how scared and concerned he was. The fact that they had the, the Jaws of Life brought in to get Braun out of the ambulance. Oh, Michael Cole was telling that was so bad. Oh, I know. <laughs> but then even down to the... <laughs> yeah, even down to the touch of Braun kind of banging up against that bus and dragging his hands, and you see, like, the smears of blood. I was like, they, they did an unbelievable job producing this segment. A tip of the hat to whoever was behind that segment because it was very well done. And to Alo's point from a few minutes ago, they definitely made you think, like, I need to see what happens next. Is Roman going to be in some kind of trouble? Is Braun, like, when is, is he going to be out for a while? Is he going to be okay? Is he going to get revenge tomorrow night? Who knows what's going to happen? Um, I will say that the Braun thing definitely did not get paid off on Monday night. But I'll oh, go ahead, prep. I like that. I because so many times the guys just come back the next day after a vicious injury. I like that he wasn't on TV because you really sell like, yeah, he walked away, but we didn't see him after he passed that bus. So maybe right. like he passed out. Mm-hmm. Maybe he really is really hurt. I'm, I like that he wasn't on Raw the next day. Uh, yeah, I think, and it it gives you reason to wait. Like, you're waiting to see what happens, so you got to come back another week to find out. Who knows if it's even one week. It may be two or three weeks. Lesnar and Heyman came out with Angle. They kind of celebrated Lesnar as the Beast and the Conqueror. Roman comes out and says he wants the shot at SummerSlam, even though he has just lost. Angle basically is like, what makes you think you deserve a shot? Heyman kind of felt the same way I felt. No, Heyman was actually for it because he wanted nothing to do with Joe. Yep. Brock actually spoke and said that you know you don't you don't deserve it. Basically, this is going to stay around my waist. This is the closest you're going to get to it. 
Multiple times he said Multiple that. times. I did enjoy Roman with the comment that, you know, I handled Braun Strowman because you're not around to do it. Yeah, that was great. I was like, whoa, this actually feels real. Then Joe comes out, makes oh. his presence known. Angle beside himself trying to keep everybody at peace. This segment was unbelievable. I thought Brock played his part unbelievably well. I thought Roman came across great in this segment. Joe obviously always comes across great. They set up a number one contenders match between Joe and Roman next week. I'm really excited for for this whole story. I think this is awesome. I think this was well done. The the only negative I can say about it, and then you guys give your thoughts after, but this got so much praise. Like universal praise. No pun intended there, but people loved this. Shouldn't this send a message that we should allow our show to be more like this instead of so overly scripted and so much stupidity and foolishness? I don't know. So you guys either can answer that question, whether you agree or not, or just give your thoughts on this segment on Raw. Again, Joe, stealing the show. Yeah. Like, and kudos to Brock, because... I don't know about you guys, but I sat in my chair. I literally sat up from my couch, and I was like, yo, Brock really looks hot right now. Like, he's he looks legitimately pissed, and I don't know if he's working me or, like, he was really upset, but when those guys touched noses, I thought they were about to start swinging. Yeah. Like, and I really enjoyed the segment, but in my eyes, it just seems too predictable for me. Like... I am excited for the match tomorrow, Joe, or next week. I think those guys always do a great job together in Mm -hmm. the ring. But I just see Braun coming out and then it becoming some type of, like, fatal four-way at SummerSlam. That's kind of what I think, too. There were all those dirt sheet reports that Brock was going to have a match against each one of these guys. So, like, that's one way to do it, I guess, is put him in a match with three of them. Um I am expecting that, but I don't really mind it. Because I think it could be kind of cool. Like, the four biggest monsters in the company all in there together, I think would be kind of cool. Yeah, I just... They need to find a way to put that title on Joe now. Because he continues to... Like, that promo, his presence, everything. And like you pointed out last week, how good is that shirt? Awesome. (laughs) It's so good. So good. And the way he delivers, his cadence, the tone of his voice, like, I just, I believe it. I believe in Samoa Joe the way I believed in Hulk Hogan when I was five. (laughs) And I'm 38. Yeah, I believed in Samoa Joe like I believe in The Shield. Yeah. (laughs) Alo, your thoughts on all this? There's not many times where, at at my age... I'll just sit there and like just soak it all in. Yeah. Like, this is like this is great because I loved it every second of it. Like Prep said, mm-hmm. and you said, you believe Joe everything yeah. he says. It's like he's like he's not lying. Mm-hmm. Even if he does lose, he's still not lying because yeah. he really took it to you. And then he had a reason. To- oh, and when he sorry to interrupt you, but when he said, you just brought this to my mind. You know you didn't beat me. You escaped me. He did. Because <laughs> Joe had him down the entire match, and. That was his gripe. Like you just, you really did just escape mm-hmm. me, and like you guys saying, said about 
a possible fader forward with Braun interfering, I would love that because you said you have the four biggest monsters in the ring together. My thing is, like, who, who wins? Like, you don't, do you really want to have the title? Because Brock's booked for Clash of Champions, I believe, if that if that's their pay-per-view or, or No Mercy. I think it's No Mercy. No they, Mercy, They yeah. moved to No Mercy in September, so Raw has No Mercy. So... What do you do from there? Because I would assume that's that's the easiest way to get the title off of Brock, and you can put it on Roman or Joe. <laughs> I, I really hope it's Joe. Because please, I really because he I, deserves it. Yeah, he has earned it. Yeah, because I like talk, move on. Like I'm going on the figures right now, but I <laughs> want to go to GameStop and get that new Joe figure. <laughs> they were close, but. With the fatal four way thing, I was like, uh, I was like, I don't know. Maybe they do that. Maybe maybe they won't. Cause I do think Strowman Strowman is gonna come back, but we don't know when. But then I was like, you don't. I, I for the women's division, I have a fatal four way there for SummerSlam, so I don't I don't think they're gonna do that. Yeah. But I think this was like the best thing for you, for you to do at SummerSlam. Yeah, I just mentioned the whole thing about making movies. Why not give me a monster movie at SummerSlam? <laughs> like I'd be cool with that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, awesome though. All all three guys, including Heyman and Angle, I thought were awesome during this segment. It was a really fun segment. To Alo's point, like I really did feel like I got sucked in, and I'm not often sucked in by Raw. And Prep, I assume you feel the same way. Also, the way Heyman like no sold Roman. Mm-hmm. I think you brought it up, but. Let's just bring it back because <laughs> I felt so bad for Roman. I'm like, how are you going to compete against this? Because you literally have no chance right now. Oh, no. And I thought on the microphone he was great before Joe came out. After that, there and there was one part. I, I meant to write this in my notes, but I didn't. But there was one point he said something to Joe, and I was like, oh, like you're just trying to keep up. Like, he probably should have just not said anything. Oh, yeah, when he said something about him losing last night. But you lost last night. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you don't don't try to keep up. Like, and then I also loved Angle saying, like, if you guys do anything right now, I'll cancel the match. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I still think something may happen. Yeah, I did too. (laughs) I I was ready for it. So I watched Raw late. For some reason, I mm-hmm. thought like Joe headbutted him really? again, and I got really excited to watch Raw, <laughs> and then it didn't happen. I just had to go on YouTube and look at old highlights of him doing it. <laughs> then I had to go down the rabbit hole of old headbutts. Yeah. Uh, Intercontinental Championship, The Miz beat Dean Ambrose, and all I'm going to say is I, I need this to be over. <laughs> Please, Heath Slater, save us. <laughs> Anyone with any constructive thoughts on The Miz versus Dean Ambrose? It's not quite over yet. No. I need it to be, though. It's just not interesting. But I did like The Mizzies. I loved it. (laughs) Well, yeah. The Mizzies were good. We also had Seth Rollins against Bray Wyatt. Bray actually got a win on the pay-per-view. I called it. Thumb to the eye, you did call it. I thought it was a good match, but this still has been mostly meaningless. Bray's best match since his match with Brian at Rumble. <laughs> like A whole four years. A whole four years it took Bray to do something good again. See, I loved his uh, Hell in a Cell match with Roman. 
if if I'm gonna think about another match that he had that I actually really enjoyed, it was that tag match when he tagged with Roman. Well, that was awesome. The night yeah. after after WrestleMania, thirty two. Thirty two. Yeah. Yeah, that was incredible. Um, so the next night on Raw, we get the Mizzies. <laughs> Maybe my favorite single moment of this was when he gave Bowen and Curtis Axel. No, you didn't love when he gave it to Maurice and Corey Graves is like. Oh my god, I didn't think she was going to win, but I wanted her to. <laughs> I, I did love that. But here, my favorite moment is when Bo and Curtis Axel got the award for best supporting role or whatever. Yeah. It was the only time I've really enjoyed the You Deserve It chant. Because it was like <laughs> so, something so stupid. I was like, you know what? I love that. <laughs> the, 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 the crowd did And then that. Axel saying... Now, thanks to you, Miz, I look like a million bucks, yeah. and thanks to you, I'm going to make a yeah. million bucks. <laughs> yeah, and enjoy this whole thing. Yeah, Graves, oh, whenever Graves sells their relationship, I love it. When he says what an honorable woman she is and needs, yeah, Graves, always great. Oh, it was so good. And just the, how obnoxious that award was. Mm-hmm. Was it the lead, the, the um... The greatest man award, no, or no, no the, the the most beautiful, the most beautiful, beautiful sexy. and the way he would say gorgeous, almost like he was most trying to throw on the gorgeous, French Canadian accent. Maurice, <laughs> yeah. Then he gave the greatest man award to himself after teasing it to Ambrose. Ambrose comes out, he gets beaten down. Seth makes the save, and then. Dean ultimately tells Seth, like, dude, this isn't going to happen. Like, I haven't forgotten. Which. This ain't no shield reunion. Yeah. Well, that was more entertaining than this whole thing with him in the midst. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, we got Seth against Bray again. Bray gets another win. No 50 50 booking on this segment of the show. But it's over, which is, which is good. Yes. The Miztourage comes out to attack Seth. Dean comes out and makes the save. So two things. Are they slowly building to some type of shield reunion? Or are they just trying to tease it because they know people will go crazy for it? And are we going to get Seth in a feud with the Miz for the Intercontinental Championship? I do like that idea. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's so much as that as they're just gonna give Ambrose the belt again at some point. But um I don't want that at all. Yeah, and I'm really nervous for Seth because Miz is just going to destroy him on the mic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really has no recourse against the Miz. Not a chance. No, Alo. Well, I meant, I, meant, I mentioned last week about how the only time Dean Ambrose looks like he's he, well, the only time he succeeds really is when he's with Seth Rollins. And like I said, that once backstage segment with Rollins was better than anything he did since he's been feeding with the Miz. Because there's actual substance to it. Yes. Aside from just like, ah, oh, I'm crazy Dean. Yeah, yeah, and I'm pulling a joke and I'm making jokes. Mm-hmm. So, well, my thing is, like, I really want a Miz TV. He has both Seth and Dean as his guests. He's like laying down the fact that you turn on him. Yeah, like putting chill. Seth on the spot. Yeah, I, I really want that. But I wouldn't be mad about a triple threat, but we have five weeks of SummerSlam, so I don't know if you could, like, Spread that out much. Maybe you can get Dean another title shot since he got screwed and then just move straight directly to Rollins. I think that would be the best. But but that would be something new too because we mentioned I mentioned last week. What are they gonna do with the IC title? Because there's like really no mid card, and they hold like they have all these higher level guys who've been yeah. world champion already. You kind of gotta demote them, well bring them down a bit to a mm-hmm. new level. So I'm looking forward to it. 
if it's a triple threat, that'll be fun. But I am glad I'm getting some new because we haven't seen Seth in the Miz before. Yeah, I would I would really like it. I think it could be really good. Um, and Bray Wyatt, I I I have I have an idea where he's going. Where? Finn Balor. So that's gonna so, crop back up again. Yeah, because because that's that's even that's how you I think that's how you get the Demon King. You'll get Bray doing all his all his supernatural stuff, and then Bray's like, okay, well I'm supernatural too, you know. So I think that's how we get the Demon. So I think it'll be Finn and Bray at SummerSlam. So then my only hope then would be. He has to be getting the better of Finn for that to matter. Yeah. Like, don't, don't have Finn Balor, you know, beating Bray Wyatt and then the Demon King comes out. Like, but they never really do the right thing with Bray. <laughs> no, but they are, they do make Finn a big deal. So hopefully this will, you know, balance out. Yeah, because he got two big wins over Seth Rollins, mm-hmm. even though they were dirty. But Bray Wyatt is still a heel, so that so that works in his favor. So you're building up. So you got two viable wins, and then like I said, SummerSlam's five weeks away. Bray Wyatt hardly wrestles anyway, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> he has he has quality wins, and I'm sure he'll get a couple more headed into SummerSlam. And then when I, if he does face Finn Balor, which I do think he will, when he loses, he'll have he, so he won't have so much credibility taken away from him. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to to that if they do it right. Because if you want to do it right, I think they should have a match with Bray Wyatt versus straight Finn Balor. And he does some supernatural thing, and that's how he beats Finn Balor, and that makes Finn Balor bring up the demon. Yeah, I, we'll see. I was worried about it for a little while. It's like, well... Bray moves to Raw and he's immediately just going to lose to Finn Balor, but that didn't happen. They they held off on it for a while, and yeah, getting two wins back to back nights over Seth Rollins is kind of a big deal. Um, I am worried about Seth though. I still feel like I don't know that they, quote unquote, have anything for him at the moment, which you should. Like <laughs> I don't know how you don't. Well, I mean. They didn't have anything for Finn Balor. No, and, which is also but ridiculous. He still, but, I mean, he still made it on TV. He's he's had good matches. Like, I enjoyed the time that he kind of, like, took off, you mm-hmm. know, as far as, like, being in a main program because it showed he got to develop his character where, like, yeah, I'm Finn Balor. Like, everybody loves me, but I have this really aggressive side in the ring. Yeah. Like, and I can kick your ass you know mm-hmm. what I mean like I think I think that time off really did him good as far as his in-ring work do you think they could learn a lesson from that too where it's like you don't have to have everybody on the show every week doing something meaningless like if you have nothing for a guy leave him off the show they do it in NXT all the time yeah yeah. there are people you don't see for like two or three weeks and it's good because then when you see them it matters that they're there because they're there when they have something to do. You kind of water these guys down when you just throw them out there to do nothing every week. So maybe, I don't know, maybe uh, I'm overthinking probably again and being overly hopeful, but like maybe they're starting to turn the page a little bit and realize, okay, what we're doing is not working as well as it could be, and maybe there are some things we could implement to make things a little bit more enjoyable. I don't know. I would like to see that, but I'm not going to hold my breath for them to be running like, have that show running on all cylinders anytime soon. 
because I don't know the last time it was running on all cylinders. They've had some great shows here and there throughout the last few years, but they've never consistently been putting on a really good show. Um, women's division, we had Sasha Banks against Alexa Bliss for the Women's Championship. I think we kind of all agreed this is a feud we all wanted, but we didn't get enough of it. And we'd be happy if we were getting more of it after Great Balls of Fire. Clearly, I think we are. I really enjoyed the match. I Some people complained about the finish. I actually liked it. I thought it made a lot of sense. And then it set up for what happened post-match with Sasha kind of taking her out. Then Sasha had a great interview after on the post-show, whatever the heck that thing's called. That was great. With Rosenberg. Yeah, she was awesome. I love how everybody buried Rosenberg. Yeah. Well, he sucks. Yeah, everybody buried him. He deserves to be buried. How he's on WWE's payroll, I'll never know. I don't know what he adds (laughs) to anything. He's a name. I guess. I mean, what does Sam Roberts add? Nothing. He's even worse. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they just... They both suck. (laughs) And I'm not one to try to put myself over or put us over. But there's nothing either one of those guys bring to the table that any one of us couldn't do better. Put me over, Ron. <laughs> yeah. Josh Prepaguina, you'd host that show better than Pete Rosenberg. Thank you. I Mr. Would. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, you'd be better on the pre-show than Sam Roberts. That stupid hair. <laughs> that stupid hair. Oh, my God. The carrot top? Yeah. Yeah, they both suck. I, that's it. I'm not going to go too crazy about that. Um... Yeah, what were your guys' thoughts on this match, though? And where do you think it may be going? Well, first of all, I got a first thing in my notes. Michael Cole, he's so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, overselling the Alexa's arm bending thing cause she, she, because she's double jointed. It's like, oh my god, have you ever seen that before? Yeah, we saw it on SmackDown yeah, the first time she did it. Yeah. But the match was physical, a lot of rough bumps, but mm-hmm. that's typical, we come, typical with a Sasha Banks match. And. We we talked about this on throwback throwback because that's that you're here Monday that is rare that you actually tell they're fighting for a title yeah and I love Alexa powdering saying I don't need this mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like her getting counted out because she was sitting on the outside and then I kind of got I don't know if I looked away or the camera just drew away from the referee counting but they said no. Or when everybody yelling 10, you have no idea what yeah. number it's on. So, like, next thing you know, it goes, I don't know, maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but it went back to, when it got back to the referee, it said 8. I'm like, 8? Already? And it says 9, 10. Alexa's just smirking. That is so, because she, she knows what she did. She got counted out. But, and I mentioned this at the top of the show, my rating, the logic, Sasha's like, look, I'm not done with you. Yeah. I'm not going to let you walk away. So she breaks the invisible wall and attacks her. I thought the attack was great. The double knees from the announce table. That was nasty. Yes. Like, Alexa's lucky she didn't get knocked out. Because I think her lip was bleeding from that. Yeah. But that that was, like, a, per, a beautiful shot. And you mentioned the whole Raw Talk thing. Because there was a rumor going around throughout the weekend that, there's like real life tent heat between Alexa and Sasha, and I kind of believed it. Be- I do. Yeah, I believe it too because you know these people they travel with each other all the time, and you kind of know who's who's in each other's clique. You know, you always see Sasha with, with Bailey all the time, Bailey Apollo, 
and then I mean, you always see Charlotte with Nia. I mean, Nia with Alexa. You see mm-hmm. Charlotte with Becky all the time. So you kind of know like who's like really close to each other. But you never, I've never ever seen a picture of Sasha Banks and Alexa together. So Sasha is uh, she's a mark. Like loved wrestling her whole life. Like obsessed over it. And maybe even she's a smart. Like she looks at herself like I'm, like I'm I'm a real one in here. Bailey's a real one. Becky's a real one. She even, I remember her saying I think it was on the Stone Cold podcast. She asked him, "What do you think of like girls who get brought in here because they're pretty or they're models or actors or whatever?" Trying to get him to say like, "Yeah, I don't like that. Like I like what you did." And he was like, "Oh, you know, people come into the business all different ways." And you could kind of tell it bothered her that he didn't support what her feelings are. She's talked about that a lot, like people who are just models or quote-unquote divas. I think she views Alexa Bliss that way. Yeah, because she's... Cause she's she, a fitness model. She's not one of us. She's yeah. not real. Yeah, because like, I, I, I could not stop laughing when she said... She she said she's a fan of the business. She's, a, she's always a lifelong fan, but she can't tell <laughs> Matt apart from Jeff. Yeah. I thought that was hysterical. You idiot. Exactly. <laughs> Channeled Chris Jericho yeah, in that moment. Yeah, yeah. I love that whole promo too because she, yeah. had, it was like it was real authentic. But I think that was like real. I really thought they didn't like each other. Like you said, Sasha, she comes off as a smart, mm-hmm. and and she's been a lifelong a lifelong fan. So there's actually a lot of truth. I'm like, yeah, I, I can actually buy that because Alexa does say, "I've been watching for this amount of years. I, I got in trouble for doing the crotch up to my mom mm-hmm. and this and that." So. <laughs> I actually do believe with that response, and then that all that always adds like more authentic authenticity to a feud. You can actually buy it. Yeah, it always makes it more interesting. What are you uh, feeling about this? So, I had a little bit of car trouble and didn't get to see this match. Okay. <laughs> and didn't get to rewatch it, but I know the two girls worked hard because Alexa's great and Sasha's. Probably the best in-ring performer in the company right now as far as women go. Um, As far as where I think it's going, I also see this title going into a multi-person match at the pay-per-view. Because they clearly want the Sasha story to continue, but they had Bailey pin the champ. So I think it's either going to... But then they still want Nia to... like. Yeah. Be strong. Yeah. So it's definitely going to be like some type of four way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like they like we said, Bailey looks horrible for for the weeks. So she quickly gets like the most quick win you can get to back yeah. build yourself back up to, to be, pin the pin champion. The champion. Yeah. And then it says five weeks of SummerSlam, so you have to put together five weeks of program. So it's like okay, is Sasha gonna get her rematch on Raw. Is Bix is Bailey won? Is she gonna get a title match against Alexa? And we're doing Nia because if we talk about the fatal four with the with the bigger guys. In the, in the universe title scene, like I said, I had a fatal full way for this because you've had Nia Jax is lingering around mm-hmm. being Alexis Lackey and she she got a title shot that one week but hasn't gotten another one since. Yeah, that has to eventually turn into something. It has to be something eventually. Can't just always be her being the idiot who's just waiting for her chance. Eventually she's got to get it. For real. Yeah, she's definitely going to crush somebody. Yeah, she is. Um... Tag team division. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> the Hardys versus Sheamus and Cesaro for the tag team championships in a 30-minute Ironman match. Sheamus and Cesaro barely hold on. You know, they the three count came right at zero. 
for that would have been did, was it a draw? I don't even remember. Draw, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it would have been a draw. It would have been a draw Michael with Cole that pin. Saying there's no such thing as overtime. Yeah. yeah which. Okay. Yeah. You moron. <laughs> oh my god. And somebody was probably saying that into his ear to say I that. I really hate WWE. It's. <laughs> I really do. Um, love this match though. The pace of it, the physicality of it. I really like Sheamus and Cesaro together. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Prep, your thoughts on the Iron Man match before we go to Alo. The beginning of this match. I thought that was so smart. Like, mm-hmm. I thought I've seen it all. And then like Cesaro <laughs> comes in and I'm like, what's going on? Oh, there goes a fall. <laughs> Just when you thought you had all yeah. the answers, they changed the question. Exactly. <laughs> it was... It was really good. So I watched I watched the whole match, but like somewhere in the middle, I got kind of disinterested, and they picked me up at the end, like the last ten minutes. You so, got like a frantic pace, at, yeah, towards the end. Yeah, for sure. I, and then Mackin busted open. Like there was something about this pay per view where like I saw a lot of blood. So I was mm-hmm. like, it's like Alo said, it felt like the Attitude Era yeah. again. It's the little, like, you never thought something like blood would be so important. And then when you see it, like, you feel like, oh, wow, like, he's really hurt. Like, yeah, it is. And, and that was great. a nasty gash. Yeah. Like, I thought the Hardys looked pretty good. And Sheamus and Cesaro are so good together. Mm-hmm. Alo? I hate Iron Man matches. Uh-huh. Because it's so it's so hard to actually judge them as a whole because it's like, okay, in the beginning of the time limit, you're going to have a fast-paced five minutes, and then in the next ten minutes, it's going to be slow, and then the, the last eight to ten minutes is going to be the best part of the match. But I do like the end, the last less than ten minutes of the match. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really fun, and like the desperation of the Hardys, they did get, get down behind two falls and actually won, by, won those falls by pinfall. The whole ending spot where Jeff got the three at zero, which yeah. which was heartbreaking. I was like, okay, okay, what do you do now? Because we all picked the Hardys and went retain to regain the tag team mm-hmm. titles. And the next play on Raw, so good. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Did anyone else think like me? Because they were running around, that pin happened, and part of me thought, I wonder if they were supposed to get that fall, and they met. They they just were mistimed it. Oh no, definitely would edit it out. I was like. I wonder if that happened, and then quickly I realized, like, no, that this was the plan for them to, like, just miss by one second. Another problem I have with WWE, they're so anti-blood and all this stuff. I don't like that they're so anti any of that stuff on the show, but then when it happens, they can't wait to post on social media. <laughs> That's true. The guys, Gash being, like, wide open, getting Novocaine shots and getting stitched up or stapled up. Like, pick one. You're either cool with it or you're not. But don't not have it be part of your show and then rush to post it on social media. I, I just Something about that just really rubbed me the wrong way. If you don't like it, then don't like it. If you do like it, then like it. Um, but getting to Raw, the Hardys heavily teasing, more so than ever, being obsolete and broken... I, t- I text you guys. I was singing that song all day Tuesday, mm-hmm. more, Tuesday at work. <laughs> yeah. I also, I kind of want to say something about uh, wrestling Twitter with this. I'm really annoyed that so much of wrestling Twitter was acting like they were the only ones who realized they were teasing this. Like, no, it was blatantly obvious. Everybody knew. You were not the one that was cracking the code. It was put out there on a silver platter for you. 
So don't act like you had figured this thing out that was you were being told is happening. That's all. Um, yeah, like, oh, they. I saw it from so many people on Twitter. Oh, they lost to Gan- Gallows and Anderson. Then they got beat up by the Revival. This is just making them closer to being broken. Oh, if they lose one more match, they'll be closer. Like, obviously, that's the story they're clearly telling you. Um, but, yeah, I love that they... I kind of hope that they're that WWE is being renegade about this. I listen, can't wait. listen. It's all cool that the Broken Hardys might be back, but let's get to the point. Mm-hmm. The top guys are back. <laughs> okay. How happy were you when that music hit? Oh my god! I got up. I said yeah. <laughs> Every time they told me to. <laughs> the. They I'm happy also, to see them back. Yeah, they also carry a presence about them. Mm-hmm. You can look at them however you want. Oh, they're just out of shape, guys. They're this Brain Busters tribute act. Who cares? They're good. Mm-hmm. They're good in the ring. They cut good promos. And they're obviously going to mean something now. Yeah, they've really grown into their characters. And we've been talking about this, I believe, since WrestleMania. That who better... To push them there than the revival, mm-hmm. like the Hardys are kind of what everything they stand against in a way. So why not have it be them? Yeah, no flips, just fists. <laughs> I have the perfect way to book this. I swear, do not have the Hardys on TV for at least two weeks after they lose to them. At, no, after this past way, no. Because they think it, they got, they lost to the club, which you should be pissed off and broken because mm-hmm. of that. And then you get jumped by the the revival. So it's like, okay, you lost, you got beat up by these two tag teams. Because Raw only has four tag teams now. Because Denton and Cash are no longer yeah. together. So you got jumped by those teams. Don't show up. Like, if you do show up on Raw next week, face the revival, have the revival issue, and have, and get beaten down. And then Gallows and Anderson come back, come out and do the same thing the revival did last the week prior. And then go off TV for two weeks. Because Cesaro and Shannon's weren't on Raw, were they? Uh, no. I don't think they were on Raw. Okay, so you so if the Hardys are on TV for two for a week or so, you can actually have a revival in a club interact with Cesaro and Sheamus. And then maybe in a number one contenders match, a week or two down the road, maybe you get some vignettes or not. But then you get the Hardys returning as broken because... Mm-hmm. They've been hitting like we're just we're not just a nostalgia act. That was like the whole story when it came back about about them being a nostalgia yeah. act, and we're more than just that. So they're going to basically change into something that's not a nostalgia act, and that's when they become broken. So wait, you're saying they should fade away and classify themselves <laughs> as obsolete? <laughs> they should. Um, moving on from the tag teams, unless there's anything else anyone else has to say. Top guys out. <laughs> Good way to close that. Wonderful. <laughs> Enzo and Cass had their match at Great Balls of Fire. I liked Enzo's promo before the match. It may have been a little long. That was but the only thing, yeah. A lot of fire from him. Um, I thought it was a good, easy win for Cass. Um... Then Cass opened the show with a promo on Monday. First of all, his music is terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's super generic. It's very generic. But what I do like is 
the big cats on the Tron and him standing there with the fist up. Did you see the internet? How, you know how you know how wrestling Twitter is. What are they talking so about, Diesel? He, no. So when he walks down, mm-hmm. and the camera like it shoots him from the bottom up. So when he comes down to a certain point of the ring or the ramp. It says big ass. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that. To see. <laughs> I didn't see that, but the shot of him under that on the Tron, it actually it looks good. Like big cast in those huge letters. Like to me that's like this guy's important, watch him. But they gotta find something to do with his music. Because yeah, it is not really good at all. I just don't think they know what he's gonna be yet. So they're like Let's just give him this music for now. You know, this is good enough for him to just walk down. I, But, like, you like when he stands. I don't really like him raising his fist. It's too Diesel-esque. Like, it is. We get it. He's tall. He looks, you know. And he needs to change his gear. Because those trunks are terrible. Mm-hmm. He's not in shape. He's not that in shape. Like, it doesn't look good. Why are they so high? I, yeah. Like, <laughs> They're like Mojo Raleigh levels of high on the waist. Carmelo likes messing with I'm not digging it. No, I, when he walked out with the fist up on Sunday, I was like, "Ooh, don't do that." But then there was just one second of the shot of him with the big cast over him. I was like, "That actually looks good." Um, but yeah, they do have to work on him. But I thought his promo was good too. Oh, it was great. There were times you could tell he was maybe like a little uncomfortable. Or maybe second-guessing himself. Or maybe he actually, in real life, doesn't like the booze. But he was getting them, which is good. Yeah, I liked the promo that he cut, though. Yeah, I do. I mean, I don't think he likes the booze. It has to... It's like Enzo said, like, mm-hmm. I know that eats you up inside. Yeah. Like, stop fronting, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, I think he may actually really not like this. Yeah, even on Raw Talk, even though I love he buried Rosenberg, mm-hmm. or Bomb, whatever his name is. Yeah. <laughs> Rosenbaum. Whatever, whatever his name is. I don't, I don't know. Rosenthal, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> but I did like his pro, when he said Raw Talk, because Rosenberg hit on the fact that these people used to cheer you. He's like, they didn't cheer me. They were cheering Enzo. Mm-hmm. And I also like at a point that he was actually, like, right, right after he dealt with Enzo, he said, I want the universal title. Yeah. So Love that. So his, right, right the second after he's done with one thing, he's, he's like, I want this title. The most important thing. He yeah. made that the most yeah. important thing. And not enough guys do that. Like he walked right out there and was like, that is what I want. I want a main event WrestleMania and I want to be the universal champion. And I'm bigger than anybody. And then the big show comes out and takes him out. So that's a SummerSlam match. Yeah, sure. I mean, if the big, if if Big Cass is smart, he'd take tips from what Braun and the Big Show did mm-hmm. and make it his own. That's it. Because a, a match with, in 2017 with the Big Show can work. Braun showed us that twice. Yeah. So I expect it to work because Cass is actually good in the ring. Um. Anxious to see it, but I, I think it'll be a fun match. We don't see a lot of these giant versus giant matches. I mean, you mentioned we had the two with Braun in the big show, but I think this is a good stepping stone for Big Cass. Alo, what do you think? I agree. And then, then with Cass is actually really mobile. Mm-hmm. One moment in the struggles, I think you can get a little bit more. Out, you can get way more out of the big show. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, was Enzo on the show at all? No. No. Which, Which I think is, is good. good. They yeah. showed him like getting helped out of the arena or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I love that he even said, this was my favorite part of last night. 
like just to twist the knife even further and get even more heat on himself. So somehow, Big Cass and Carmella are two of the biggest heat seekers on either show. Birds of a feather flock together. I guess so. I'm I'm happy for both of them though that they kind of have settled in. I do hope that they figure out some more to do with Cass because it does feel like an undeveloped character. And hopefully they can develop it by SummerSlam. Yeah, at least they change the music. He's that's why I want him to change his gear because he has to be his own character. Mm-hmm. Like that's the gear he wore with Enzo. Switch it up. You mean the, just his like his logo and his trunks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be switched up. Yeah. They, the, the music is easy. Is, I mean, the music is an easy fix too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, they do great work with entrance music, so I have no doubt they'll come up with something. I just feel like. You knew you were doing this five, six weeks ago, if not longer. How was that the best thing you came up with? I would have loved it if you came up with no music. I'd have been cool with that, too. That would have been better. I've been clamoring for that since he came out to, like, the second turn on yeah. Enzo. Like, they should have definitely had him come mm-hmm. out with no music. I agree. Uh, cruiserweights, Neville retained against Tazawa. Um through, you know, dirty tactics, as you would expect. Alo mentioned this earlier. I love that this ended up with Tazawa saying to Titus, like, you need to help me fix this, basically. Like, mm-hmm. get me a rematch. And Titus like, I'll work on it. Titus Worldwide is really <laughs> a, a legitimate part of the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for Titus. Yeah. I mean, I've, I found it's him entertaining. Fun. Yeah, I thought he was entertaining with Darren Young, like, Clearly, he was the more entertaining mm-hmm. one in that group, you know, with the millions of dollar dance yeah. and all that stuff that he used to say. But, like, with this Titus brand slash Titus Worldwide, I, all it can do is help younger talent. Like, obviously, Titus isn't going to get a push nowadays, so it can help bring someone who, like Apollo Crews, who didn't have much of a personality, just smiled the whole time yeah. to bring him to be something. Lonzo Ball. <laughs> yeah, I looked forward to Apollo laughing at whatever went wrong for Titus. Yeah. Like, that was the only thing I would look forward to Apollo for in, like, a year and a half that he's been on the main roster. I was like, I love it when Titus gets pinned and Apollo thinks it's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> and then he takes a selfie. That's yeah. the one, <laughs> I missed that. I, they need to bring that back because yeah. that was the highlight, knowing that after they took the picture on Raw, you're going to find it a couple hours later on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what did you guys think of this match? I thought it was respectable. Easily the third best opponent that Neville has had between besides Aries and I don't know what you guys think, but the match with Neville and Mustafa Ali might be one of my favorite cruiser matches. The raw one? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a great the match. Standing Spanish Fly. Mm-hmm. That that match was great. I'm a huge fan of Tazawa. During the Cruiserweight Classic last summer. He was like one of my absolute favorite guys that was in that tournament. So I'm happy that they're doing something with him. And the whole Titus thing, it kind of helps bridge the gap. Like there's a, there's a language barrier. There's a little bit of a culture barrier. And Titus helps to like ease him into this audience. And I think it's been very helpful for him. Like I don't remember how much you loved when... 
he Titus pulled him into the ring and he was in the suit and he <laughs> yeah. was like raising his hand and his shirt was his all shirt untucked, untucked yeah. and he was like looking around like what is even happening right now but now he's like buying into Titus and Titus is actually making this work for him yeah I actually like it um do you think there's any chance he's a cruiserweight champion by the end of the year by the end of the year yes but he's not the next one he's not gonna beat Neville Halo? No. The next three champions ends on Moray. You really think so? I know Vince. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's Cedric Alexander. I feel like he's been getting groomed for that. I think it's Mustafa Ali. Really? Yeah. He's he's had the best matches on 205 Live. Like, Cedric's just doing two-minute squashes that don't mean anything. Well, speaking of Cedric, he won his I Quit match with Noam Dar mm-hmm. last night. And no one dark dumped Alicia Fox. Yeah, he quit Alicia Fox. <laughs> uh, and he even did Alicia, F- and I don't believe he finished her name. So he got cheered for that, and then he got booed for saying he was just using her. Yeah. <laughs> Fickle crowd. Loved it. See, I feel like Cedric, they've done a lot of character-type stuff with him, which they haven't done with Mustafa Ali yet. Yeah, well... Mustafa Ali, all it needs is one video package to explain what he's about and... He's over. Yeah. yeah. And our boy Abs. Yeah, our boy Abs. Hopefully he's there one day. Um, not this year. No. That will definitely not happen this year. So other tidbits from Raw. In the tag match, Neville and Noam Dar against Tazawa and Cedric. Tazawa gets the pin on Neville. Basically the same way that Neville got the pin on him the night before. Uh, Finn got a win over Elias Sampson. Here at Matt Madness, we walk with Elias. <laughs> uh, I, re- I really wish we were there when he says that. Yes. Yeah. Like, I never, like, turned around so hard on a character. Because I could care less about Elias Sampson when he was in NXT. And we saw him at TakeOver. We laughed. We thought it was hilarious. And then he goes back to being the Drifter character on Raw when... I'd have, he's the last person I thought would have got called up on Raw. Me too. He comes up on Raw. Vince gives him this great setup. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Elias Sampson, they go to the ring. Mm-hmm. Please hold your applause. Like, the whole thing is gold. I think it's hilarious. He sings a terrible song or he gets cut off. Yeah. And his reaction to getting cut off. Always so disgusted. Like, I think they're doing great. I don't. I don't think he's going to be a champion or anything, but I care about the character. Well, yeah. Like like Prep was saying, you didn't think he would have called up, but there's a few people down at NXT that have that like sports entertainment factor, mm-hmm. but they might not be doing anything. Like, I'm a big fan of Billy Kay and Payne Royce. They're, because they're real entertaining, they're funny. Like, yeah. this past episode of NXT, they did a bit where, um, it was Billy Kay's birthday, and they were upset that nobody wished him happy birthday, yeah. and they were just, like, whining and stuff. And then you got Andrade almost and Thea Trinidad arguing in the background. <laughs> it, was, it was great. But it's like, with them, they can lose matches, but it still be fun, and they really not lose anything. I think Elias Samson is that kind of I think Right, yeah. His wins, he's one of those characters that the wins and losses don't matter. Yeah. yeah. You may like him, you may hate him, but he's exactly what he is, whether he wins or loses. Mm-hmm. And he's, um, he can go in the ring. He yeah. has that aggressive style. And I said it before, I'll say it again. 
He has a better knee strike than Seth Rollins. <laughs> yeah, you have been on record as saying that. <laughs> uh, we got gold dust over our truth, and the angle scandal is about to come to a head next week on Raw. Did anybody did anybody see that the rumor? I only saw this one time, so I don't know how true this is, but the rumor I saw was it's a illegitimate child thing. I did see that. Okay. So the theory, the theories are obviously the obvious one was something with Stephanie, which would lead to a match with Triple H. Then there were rumors about something to do with Dixie Carter, and then yes, this illegitimate child thing. I don't really know which way it's going to go. I don't. Do you know who the illegitimate kid would be? Oh, that was there. That was part of the rumor. Was yes. who they thought who? Jason Jordan. Hmm. Well, there. There is a whole thing. There is a very a segment of people who often discuss that they think Kurt Angle is black. <laughs> He's not. No, I have I have an ex girlfriend who is a black female who always told me Kurt Angle is definitely black. Sharhova always says Kurt Angle is black. There are a segment of people that like that's a thing like. They'll post pictures on Twitter saying, like, you can't tell me this is a white guy. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I can see it now. Kurt wearing the cowboy hat. <laughs> this is not a white guy. <laughs> no white guy ever pulled off a cowboy hat so terribly. Um, yeah, there, there are a segment of people that think that's why when you said Jason Jordan, immediately I was like, huh, like a light bulb went off over my head. That would be kind of interesting. I don't really know what I think. Do you have any actual thoughts about it, or it's just like, who knows? All of them are terrible to me. I could care less about this. I mean, I do like how Corey Graham sells it, though. Mm-hmm. Like, he he really said, like, oh, dude, hold on, I gotta go. And he yeah. takes off his headset, like, in the middle. I haven't seen an announcer interact with somebody in a long time, so it kind of feels like a big deal. But I just think it's going to be something with Stephanie and... Whatever. Yeah. Ayla, which way do you think it's going to go? I don't want... Or do you think you go none of those three ways? I don't want any illegitimate children angles again. Because last time it was supposed to be Kennedy, but it ended up being a horse because he ended up getting in trouble. But the Stephanie thing, that's interesting because they've always had a thing mm-hmm. on, 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 yeah. off the, on and off air. So that would be real interesting. And then, but I don't, want the, to, I don't want that to be the feud behind a Triple H versus Kurt Angle match. I don't want that to happen. But if you do do that whole child thing, if anybody can pull it off, I think Kurt could pull it off. Like, I can see Kurt, like, saying, hey, you want to play baseball? Want to toss the whole... Want to toss the whole... Toss the old pig skin around. <laughs> I, I, I can see it. <laughs> he also has mentioned them on podcasts before. Yeah. Like, I would love to do something with American Alpha. So who knows? And Chad Gable's been doing singles lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was the rumor. Like the reason you haven't seen Jason Jordan is because he's dealing with being Kurt Angle's illegitimate son. Hmm. Yeah, that could but be who's interesting. The mom? Uh, that's what I'm saying. I yeah, I don't know. Who knows? But I would pop huge if if they say come on out and all I hear is, hey sugar. Anything else from Raw or Great Balls of Fire before we move on to SmackDown? You did good. Yeah. 
Joe. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, SmackDown. This was very much like a uh, let's hold off till next week episode of SmackDown. Yes. Nothing of consequence really happened. The biggest thing of consequence that happened with SmackDown happened at Madison Square Garden at a house show. Was that on Saturday? Friday. 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 Okay. AJ Styles wins the United States Championship. Um, should be a pretty cool thing, like a cool moment that something like that could happen. Ronnie versus the world is starting right now. <laughs> I don't have a. Pr- Obviously, I like that they did it. I like that that kind of thing can happen. What I don't like is they don't take any type of risk often enough for my liking. They play it way too safe almost all the time. And then they do something cool like that, and instead of just letting it be a cool moment, all they care about is the social media reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And I just remember watching SmackDown when it came when it came on the air and AJ came out with the title. And before the show started, there was a whole thing of people's videos and whatever. And I'm like, that's a cool moment, but you literally, you legitimately don't care how people felt about it, all you care about is the response on Twitter. So, I've come to the conclusion that WWE just, they, there's no soul there anymore. They literally, everything they do is for social media attention. It's to get themselves trending on Twitter. The soul has been sucked out of it. That's why I feel like a lot of things fall flat for me, for all of us, because the substance of WWE is gone. And I feel like that substance, you find it in independent wrestling now. I was at a CZW show on Saturday night. I had a blast. There were some fans there that could have got this work, that could have filled out an application. There were plenty to go around. (laughs) Like somebody's cutting a promo after a match and somebody's just laughing for no reason or just yelling at the guy to shut up. I think what it is, it may be holdovers of like the... uh, the deathmatch fans at CZW that maybe resent that it's not a deathmatch company anymore. I don't really know. It's my first experience there. But from the admittedly limited amount of indie wrestling I've gotten to watch over the last month since I opened Ronnie versus the World saying, I feel like I'm missing out on something. I want to get into it. Since I did Falls Count Anywhere, I find that the heart and soul of wrestling can be found almost everywhere but WWE. That doesn't that's not to say there aren't great moments. It's not to say there aren't great characters. That's not to say nothing that happens on that show moves me from time to time. But I feel like what makes wrestling magical is happening for the most part outside of WWE. Great. Mm-hmm. Bullet Club. Happening outside of WWE. That's probably the most magical thing happening in wrestling right now. Hot topic. Hot re up on your shirts. <laughs> Halo needs a Cody. I had to go to pro wrestling tees. <laughs> you did. <laughs> it, you know how hard it hurt because you know you know I hate pro wrestling tees. Mm-hmm. They can come get this work. <laughs> <laughs> they can come to the three hundred two. That that aside though, United States Championship changes hands. AJ basically is saying he's the new new face of America. Wants to resume the U.S. Open Challenge and. John Cena answers that call, gets busted up by Owens and Rusev. How great was Owens complaining? <laughs> oh, my so God. Great. Nobody wants to see this again. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to see the match of the year again. Yeah. Yeah, so 
wait, no, the best thing I saw was earlier off air. Owens goes dark on Twitter in protest of yeah. AJ Styles' U.S. title ring. <laughs> yeah, I... Obviously, almost anything Kevin Owens Kevin Owens does, I love. I like. I really was actually a fan of Cena coming out because mm. what better way to make that seem like this is an important thing than have the guy who did the U.S. Open Challenge, the biggest star that you have, come out and say, you know what, I want that back. And then AJ putting that title over as... Whoever's holding this championship, it means you're the best. That title's over at this point. Like, Kevin Owens did a great job with it. But I think it's in even a better position now. And I'm assuming we're still going to see Owens and AJ for the U.S. title at Battleground. I don't think that's going to change, right? Yeah, it's, it's still announced. It's still announced. Yeah. All right, that's good. So, Prep, what are your thoughts on AJ, Cena, Owens and the United States Championship. Owens is gold. Mm-hmm. AJ, congratulations. It's it's gonna be good. Even though, I hope Owens wins it back because I think he will. His character with the belt is so good. Mm-hmm. And him, every time he loses a title, he mourns over it. Yeah, like yeah. you really feel for the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like him walking out before the match was so sad. Well, yeah, you know, he's like. He was walking, like, looking, staring down at his face. <laughs> wow, it was so good. Yeah, but really happy Cena's back because, like, you don't notice you miss John Cena till he's back. And then you're like, wow, I, I genuinely miss this guy. Yeah, there's an energy there that's missing when he's gone. Yeah, and the, the same way I feel about Cena, I feel about Rusev. I feel like now that Rusev is back, like, and he's a singles competitor... Like, no Lana, no hard body Mahal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gets to focus on himself, and he can actually be something now. He can be a contender. Six-minute John. Handsome Rusev with the short haircut. Versus six-minute six minute John. John. Super Cena, six-minute John. Yeah, I guess you guys will hear that reference on Monday. <laughs> throwback madness. Wait for it. Uh, yeah, I like, uh, I like Rusev's current incarnation. Yeah, I like the switching, you know, he switched up his ring gear a little bit, new boots, new trunks, so I like that Rusev does those little things. He finally cut his hair. He's good. Bigger beard. Mm-hmm. No Lana. Yeah. AJ and Cena beat Owens and Rusev in the tag match that was the main event. Halo, what are your thoughts on everything that's, that's going on around the U.S. championship? Well, I like the fact that they tease... Cena and AJ again because you mm-hmm. said a- a- um, Cena was the one who created the U.S. Open Challenge and a- I like AJ and Bacteria saying yeah I did that on purpose because I knew you would come out yeah. so there's like there's a-, a mutual respect for each other right there he knows what John's going to say yeah. and he knows what John's going to do I knew you say that <laughs> I really wish you brought that back <laughs> out I knew you do that <laughs> John <laughs> so good oh. Oh, I gotta rewatch that stuff it was so good but um yeah, and um, the match was fine. It was a no television tag team match. Um, Cena, Cena beat Owens, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I do believe that Owens will win that title back at Battleground because he just needs that title because it's like the saddest thing, like Prep said. Mm-hmm. But he loses the title. Yeah. He's good for that title, and that title is good for him. Listen, Owens makes every title feel important that he has. Every time he loses it, he says, look, I'm coming to get my title back. Mm-hmm. Like, he makes those titles feel important. 
he treats it like it's important too. The way, mm-hmm. just the way he carries it. Yep. The way he talks about it. So yeah, I, I would like to see him get it back. Like I said, it's, it's a good codependent relationship that the United States Championship and Kevin Owens have with each other. Yeah. Uh, WWE Championship, which has somehow become the secondary title on <laughs> SmackDown. Oh yeah, AJ did say this is the, the title. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's that's unfortunate. It is. Because like, it could have, it didn't have to be this way. It didn't. But Jinder gets a pretty easy win over Ty Dillinger and then gives us basically the same promo that we get every week. But then he promised the, uh, he will bring the Punjabi prison to SmackDown next week. So I guess we're going to see it. Is that going to fit on his plane? I don't know. I have no idea. I really don't know. Uh, any thoughts on this? Because I feel like this was all that happened. I like the magic carpets. Yeah? <laughs> I mean, I guess at Battleground we're going to be watching the screen a lot for that match at least. Yeah. It's a I big structure. They, I really feel like they have missed an opportunity here with Jinder Mahal. They just never developed a character past what he was the first week that this started. It's just the same... The same thing every week. Yeah, yeah. And, and like we said, it doesn't have to be this way. It's just how they... I I guarantee you, they're like, look, you gotta say this. You gotta get that you're the foreign heel. You have to speak your language. You have to say, oh, you boo me because I look different. Every promo. Like, and, and it's a shame. I feel like he could do so much more. Like, I don't... I don't feel as strongly about gender as D'Lo Brown, but I do... <laughs> I do think that he he could have been something. Yeah. You know, and it's a shame that he just has to cut the same promo over and over. Yeah, I feel the same way. I can't with Jen, I can't with this anymore. It's it's not good. He like he's worked on said, and I've been saying he's cut the same promo since he became world champion. And he does the same thing. He doesn't even, he doesn't even seem important. He doesn't. Like he th- always throw him in the middle of the show. He's never made. He never made events to show. He's never important on the show. Hopefully, when he does feud with Cena, which is going to happen, Cena can actually get something out of him, which which we say he probably can get something out of him, unlike Randy Orton can. The only things I find that are important about him, one, that everything with him is about that title, like he's always holding it up, he's always talking about it, and I think his entrance looks important. Mm-hmm. And his song is good. The song is good, but when he comes out, that kind of like logo that kind of comes out in front of him, and that whole set behind him looks different from anything else that they have on the show. Yeah, and we said that since right after he, like the night he won, like the presentation is there. It's mm-hmm. just he doesn't do anything. Yeah, again, no substance. There's no soul. It's just like, okay, we'll just do stuff. Um,. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take to make the the WWE Championship feel important. I don't know if it's who's going to hold it next. I don't know if it's a certain storyline. I don't know. I just don't really know where it's going. And Randy Orton doesn't make me care about it anymore. If anything, he makes me care about it less. Less, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Women's Championship. We found out we will not have a Women's Championship match on the Battleground card. We will have a number one contenders match with basically the entire women's roster, I guess, except for Carmella. Um, is she in it? No. no. Okay, I didn't think so. Naomi kind of stated it like, look, we already know Carmella yeah, right. has the briefcase. 
Uh, we had a tag match, Becky and Charlotte against Tamina and Natty. Tamina and Natty won with some type of weird help from Lana. Yeah, it was... I don't know. I don't get what's the thing with Lana and Tamina. I don't understand. That. Me neither. Any Na- thoughts, Halo? Naomi needs some kind of direction. Because she's like the really directionless. Like she waits to do all that stuff with Lana, which we don't... I don't know how that's going to pay off. It's not. <laughs> I don't know where this covert push came from for Tamina, apparently. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on anymore. Charlotte Charlotte and Becky, they've lost all steam. They don't, they're not even really that important because now they're best friends again. It's, it's, it's a mess. Yeah, Carmella has become the star of SmackDown's women's division. I did love her bringing the letter to Shannon Me too. Lawyer. But my thing was, I'm like, okay, well, this is what I kind of want to happen. I want Carmella to win the women's title before Ellsworth gets back so she can dump him. <laughs> and get and be more of a heel that you more of a heel and she her point could be, well, I won this title without James. I don't need him anymore. Cause that's been that's been the thing. It's like, why is she, why is she with him? Yeah, nobody really knows. Yeah, so like, like he's helped her. Yeah, but, but Carmella yeah, so Carmella's like I mean Naomi's not gonna have a match, so this is just too good, but I would love if Carmelo like attacks Naomi backstage off Naomi's on commentary, and have a referee with her and just beat her up and jump from behind, have an impromptu match and win a title that way. Because you can't cash in any time, any place. And that would be something unexpected. That would be yeah. something that's not scheduled. So yeah, I would like that too if they did that. I'm not too good. Yeah, I'm not predicting that to too happen. Too good to happen. But I'd be cool with it if it did. Mm-hmm. Well, we well well I, well we all know Brian James is the avid listener of the podcast. Mm-hmm. He is. Um, yeah, I just feel like the women's division has just become like a cluttered mess, like overnight again. I felt like things were like kind of good for a little bit, and now I'm like, what, what, is, what are you doing? I don't know. Do Do you see any direction for the women's division, Prep? I don't. I just, I mean, before this whole thing with the women's money in the bank, we thought that Charlotte was going to win the title at SummerSlam, but I don't see that happening. So. I don't know if I have no clue. Let's see what happens at this match in Battleground. Yeah, so while Charlotte did not become the first Miss Money in the Bank, she can become the first Women's Triple Crown Champion, which I assume is the NXT Championship, the Raw Championship, mm-hmm. and the SmackDown Championship. So I would assume since they brought it up, that's something that's not too far off in the horizon. Yeah. Uh, tag Team Division, we got... A singles match between Xavier Woods and Jay Uso. I always like when Xavier gets a chance to shine. I think he's really good in the ring. Yeah. That across the ring elbow was awesome. Uh, it was a pretty quick one-sided match, though. I was glad Xavier got to do it. In honor of Walker, Texas Ranger, we got oh. the sexy fashion rangers. <laughs> yes. I thought this was good. Wait, was it? What did he call himself? Runner? I don't remember exactly what he called Yeah, I don't remember himself. either. Runner something ranger. Uh, I wish I could remember, but I can't. Um, good segment, the whole thing with the horse. Like, just absolutely ridiculous. Them questioning uh, the hype bros. Like, maybe this is them. Not them, I don't think. I don't think we're any closer to figuring out who is messing with the fashion police. But we got a tease next week for... What is it? The 
Fashion X Files. <laughs> Instead of the truth is out there, which was the tagline for the X Files, it is the, the truth, truth is, is not H. <laughs> I don't know when we find out who's messing with them. I'm not even sure if I want to find out. <laughs> the truth is not H. I think I just wanted this to keep going on indefinitely and then never be able to solve it. But yeah, it, it's it's every week a joy. To watch these two just do watch something find, ridiculous. Just watch her find Dongo giddy up on the, the horse. Yeah. The horse is perfect. I didn't like this segment. No? <laughs> so why didn't you like it? Zach Ryder. Zach Ryder's on my Oh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Your vendetta with Zach. He can come to the 215 and get this. <laughs> He'll be in the 215. He will. Come see me, the Bruno Brothers. Yeah. You got that application ready. Serve you up a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> Bring Chelsea. <laughs> um, Corbin and Nakamura had a bit of a brawl. I believe they were supposed to have a match that didn't get to be a match. This is, I guess, just to put some heat on them going forward for Battleground. As I said, not a whole lot really happened on this show. It was all kind of, let's wait till next week. Yeah. That's... But I, I did think this was good, though. Yeah, I mean, I like... That I got to hear Nakamura's music. Mm-hmm. And that he attacked him before anything started. Yeah. Halo, your thoughts? Yeah, I kind of thought this was going to happen. Because I was shocked to actually book this for SmackDown. And I was like, okay, well, this is probably going to be a pay-per-view match. Uh, I wouldn't be so... I, I'm, I'm expecting that these guys actually have a brawl. But Nakamura came out first. I was like, oh, maybe we'll actually get the match. But yeah. Nakamura attacked Baron Corbin. Which he does... Which he had the rights because he had a great one. Because he right. took him out the week before. And he took him out that Money in the Bank match. Um... Yeah, it just adds a little more to their impending match. It hasn't been announced yet for Battleground, it is. right? It is okay, yeah. I wasn't sure. Uh, Maria and Mike Kanellis <laughs> demanding an apology from Sami Zayn, trying to track him down backstage. What did what did Chad Gable call him? Sammy Wow or something Sammy like that. Wow or something like that. That's what we call him. The only <laughs> thing I didn't like about this. Was I didn't get to hear the theme song. Yeah. Oh, the power that, is, that is an important part of their whole presentation. Such a good song. But Sammy's saying, like, actually, I've already apologized twice. I'm getting kind of tired of apologizing. <laughs> um, insults Mike Kanellis, who then proceeds to smash the vase over Sammy's back. And then the first lady of SmackDown said, what? What did she say? Sometimes love is... Sometimes love hurts. Did she say... Why did I think she said, like, this is brought to you by the power of love or something it like that? It may have been. I don't remember. It may have been. It might have been, but it was, uh, made me laugh. Yeah. And now we know for sure where this is going. Pre-show. Pre-show, yeah, the pre-show. Straight to the pre-show <laughs> on Battleground. I love Sammy asking him, are you even an in-ring competitor? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Is she the in-ring competitor?" Yeah, he said like she was the she was the boss or something. Yeah, are you? Like, oh, yeah, is she the fighter or something like yeah. that? It was something along those lines. I was like, "Ooh, I'm yeah." Upset about that. Uh, SmackDown. I have nothing else. No. Anybody else? That's it. Uh, questions. I have one more from the Godfather of the Matt Madness podcast, Joey Laugh. Um, he says, I enjoy Ryan Satin's podcast, Pro Wrestling Sheet. There are other podcasts? I think he's making this up. Yes. <laughs> um, I listen every week. He and his team attended all of the New Japan stuff a few weeks back. He made a comment that no kids were in the crowd. 
He followed it up by suggesting that it was wrestling for adults. On top of this, my son has been watching more. While I enjoy sharing this time with him, he really likes the stuff that I really hate. The number one contender segment was an adult segment, and it was very well done. The Kurt Angle documentary was an adult program, and it was very well done. So, are we getting too old for WWE? Or has Vince truly changed his formula for success? My son was more worried about Enzo and Cass and Strowman's blood than the obvious misuse of Rollins, the lack of Finn Balor, or giving the main event just a few more minutes to take it to the next level. So, do you think maybe we're just getting a little too old for WWE? Listen, Mr. Lafferty, (laughs) we've never met. My name is Prep. (laughs) Um, Here's the thing with us wrestling fans. Like, a few weeks back I said... I, I told you guys a story about I was watching wrestling with somebody, mm-hmm. and we were watching Brooklyn yeah. take over, Sasha vs. Bailey, and like the per- that person who doesn't watch regularly got really invested and really upset at Sasha. Yeah, like and the crowd started chanting Sasha's ratchet, and next thing you know, I hear the person next to me say. She is ratchet. <laughs> and it took me back no, and I was not. and I spoke to Ron about this where I wish I could watch wrestling like that again. Mm-hmm. So you, Mr. Laugh, should be happy that your son thinks like this and should try to watch it more like him to where you stop caring about the time and the effort that the writers put in and just worry about how the talent works like yes the main event at Great Balls of Fire needed more time but you gotta take it for what it is it was a hell of a match even if it didn't get an extra three minutes yeah so oh sorry maybe you're getting too old but try to lighten up and enjoy it for what it is also myself and Mr. Lafferty are 12 13 years older than you guys so we may actually be getting too old for it well you don't know Mr. Lafferty, as you as you call him, the godfather of the podcast, but, by the way. But he hates everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, so that's just something you're going to get used to because you should see some of the stuff we get from him. But um, at the same time, his, his son is younger, so he's just drinking the juice. Yeah. <laughs> WWE w- tells you to care about this, so you're going to care about that. You love Enzo and ca- you love the colorful characters. Enzo's a colorful character, so you're more concerned about him than anybody else. He doesn't understand that Seth Rollins is misused. He probably doesn't even know he's ever even WWE champion before. It's similar to what Richie said last week on Unsanctioned, that he was like, I never cared if the match, I never thought about whether the match was good or not. I just cared about, like, who was fighting and who yeah. won. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, it's like, the kids, they don't, see, they don't see it from that perspective. So, that's the only thing. And at the same time, we, we're all getting older. We, I've been watching wrestling for almost 20 years. So, I have seen mostly everything happen. So, I know what WWE, what WWE, what WWF was and what WWE is now today. So, I, you've seen it all. And you've seen guys come and go. And you're like, oh, God, this, this guy is being misused. So, he, this guy could be great. But that's, that's how you get when you get older. Not when you're so young. You're not looking at it that way. So my answer to this question is going to be a little different from the two of you. Obviously, I've known Joey Laugh since we were in, like, kindergarten. 
So we're talking like 1984. <laughs> when I th- born yet. yeah, when I think of like when I think of watching wrestling as a child, like Joey Lapp is one of the first things that comes to mind because he was like the first kid I knew in school, like that loved wrestling. He always loved it. He, I don't. I would say when I was in kindergarten, I probably wasn't that into it yet, but I knew that that kid loved it. Joey Laugh, I think, has been watching. He never took a break for for seven years like I did. Uh, He's watched every week for 30-plus years. Um, Joey Laugh, I think, to him, WWE is like a family member, or it's like his third brother. Like, he, it really means something to him. It's something that he truly has love for. And I think he is too often disappointed by the fact that, like, like, you're mine, and you're not giving me, like, what I expect from you. Um, in that sense, I believe people like he and I may be getting a little old for WWE because this is another parallel that, that you guys may not relate to specifically, but, like, when he and I were kids, it was very much a kid's show. And then when we got to be teenagers, the Attitude Era got ushered in, and it was like, this thing is growing up with us. Like, we had, like, a legitimate parallel from, like, age 5 to age 21 where it's, like, this has been age-appropriate for us our entire lives, somehow. Like, as we aged, this matured along with us at, like, a perfect rate. And then all of a sudden, as adults, it's like they turn back into more of a kid show. And I think that's something – I think that's why a lot of people in their 30s and 40s have a really difficult time viewing WWE the same way as they once did. Because it's like, no, you came with us this far, and then you, like, you made us leave you behind. So I think it's it's a very personal thing for him, specifically. But I've tried to, the way I've kind of come to terms with it is, it's a variety show, and they're trying to devote certain things to certain segments of the audience. And I know not everything is for me. So I try to focus on the three or four things that will happen on Raw that I really care about. And then maybe kind of sit back and not care too much about the stuff that I know is not targeted to me or that I don't care about. But, like, he definitely he definitely takes WWE way more personally than, than I do or maybe even either of you two do. So I definitely feel his pain. But, Joe, I'm happy that... That Junior is getting in on it. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that he's starting to watch it. I'm happy that you got like your son there to watch this with you. And you may find yourself start to watch vicariously through him. I remember he popped because before Christmas, I think it was when Seth Rollins attacked Jericho. Like he threw him into the car, whatever it was, it was a thing with the limo. And he really beat down Jericho. He said that he popped for the fact that his son asked him, is Seth Rollins still going to get any Christmas presents? <laughs> so I, I know that he appreciates the fact that his son is now starting to get into it, and maybe it'll eventually make it easier for him to swallow some of this stuff, some of the medicine that's not always easy to go down. Uh, did we have anything else? That's it for tonight. All right, so the last thing I'll do, I've been meaning to do this every week. It's kind of has slipped my mind, but... Started last summer when LeBron James wore an Undertaker t-shirt 
when the Cavs were down 3-1. He wore an Ultimate Warrior t-shirt, which might have been the ultimate trolling move anyone's ever done, that he came back from 3-1 against the Warriors and wore a shirt saying he was, in fact, the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, I tried to get LeBron on the show last year. Figure he's getting a lot of heat from every direction with the Michael Jordan comparisons or the Kevin Durant comparisons or people saying he's not a great player, he's soft. If you ever want to get away from all the basketball stuff, all the stress of your actual career, there's always a seat waiting for you here on the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast to kick your feet up and talk a little wrestling with some people who are big fans of you, even if it's only me. So, LeBron, you're always welcome. I'd love to have you on. And with that, for Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepaguina, for Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the basement, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.